You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the Engine Breaking F1 podcast. Mmm. Boom. Hello, welcome to Engine Breaking. Episode 36, our one-year anniversary. We started this podcast a year ago, Blake, didn't we? Wow. Congratulations yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah we've like, done it. Full, full circle. We've made it around the moon once. Uh, just enough time for you guys to hear our uh, terrible takes that completely crush all of your biases because we won't let you get away with any trash like that. So uh, welcome to the podcast. How's everybody doing tonight? I hope you're well. Uh Dan, you want to introduce yourself? How are we doing? Yeah, hello. I'm Dan, Engine Mode 11. Uh, frequently on Twitter, causing uh, issues and uh, bitching about my life, basically. <clears throat> have you have you caused any massive issues on Twitter lately? Because obviously, since you don't work for Red Bull anymore, you haven't been called into Christian's office to be like, uh, Dan, mm. we know that you didn't do anything wrong, but you can't do that thing that's not wrong. Uh, I, posted, <gasps> I posted something semi-controversial last night, and it was in regards to Alex Alvin if he ever was offered the Red Bull seat. And uh, I said, if I was Alex, I wouldn't go back to Red Bull anyway. And so well, some, some guy was like, well, oh, you're milking being an XF1 employee. And I was like, well, yeah, mate, because being an ex-Uber delivery driver doesn't quite have the same ring to it. So yeah, I am going <laughs> to I am gonna fucking milk it. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why? So why should I listen to your takes on F1? Well, oh, no one should. Look- yeah, exactly. Well, that that's true. But you know what? You guys are here. Um, and for anybody listening, my name's Blake, aka Break, uh, Formula One content creator, former F1 engineer, now uh, just being completely fraudulent, making a living, uh, being an absolute dirtbag. But that's not true. But that's not true. So together, we are the Engine Breaking Podcast. Thank you guys for one year of support. And if anybody's been here since the first day, I feel really sorry for you guys. Yeah, wow. Honestly. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's never difficult just t- talk to somebody see see how everybody's doing make sure just check in tell your parents hi yeah but a year, a year of the podcast it's actually been easier than i think I, you know it's i suppose that was reflected in our absolutely shocking production values of where every week it's a fucking shit show but still it's it's not been as bad as i thought it would be no i mean it's, it's like it's one of those things like you once you figure everything out you you just it just gets a little bit easier every time you go live and you get you get into a bit of a groove. So, you know what? Uh, I'm, I've been really enjoying it. So, mm. you guys, you guys. Yeah, thanks for also, being here. Yeah, real quick. Also, this is our second live episode on YouTube. Uh, so, yeah. So, why don't, we, why don't we jump straight into it for everybody that's new and waiting for us to get to the point? Because uh, in case you guys don't know, I have crippling ADHD. So, it's kind of, yeah. Blake's it could be all over the shop. Blake's crippling ADHD. And my dulcet dad tones. It's it's a killer combo. <laughs> we just do this podcast so my voice can calm Blake down, basically. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm a bit fight or flight adrenaline all the time. <laughs> Let's get into it. Yeah, tell, sorry, tell, the, tell the beautiful ladies and gentlemen what we've got for them today. Yes. Hello. Welcome. It's the Dutch Grand Prix review episode. Uh, we'll have a little talk about what's been going on in the F1 news cycle. We'll uh, break down the race weekend giving all the exclusive, highly detailed technical analysis that two ex-fired engineers could possibly give you. 
Um, and then uh, we'll talk about, we'll give you our random fandom reports. If you don't know what random fandom is, it's where we uh, randomly pick a team to big up for the weekend. So we'll give you those for the Dutch Grand Prix. I had McLaren, Blake, you had Aston Martin. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, and then we'll redraw again for the Monza race. And what we'll you, uh, have a little how do you, Monza. Just, a, just a little sneak preview of it to the random fandom, and we'll, we'll get back to that towards the end. What are you thinking for McLaren this weekend? Are you, are you happy with their performance or not? Uh, I am happy with certain aspects of their performance. I oh. think uh, one element of the team uh sadly dropped the ball which i think affected the rest of it mm. yeah i think aston was a little bit of a mixed bag and i yeah we'll, we'll get back to that I've, I've got some good and i've got some bad to say and then uh yeah after that we'll uh pick we'll pick our next teams from monza unfortunately i'm going away this week so i'm gonna miss the live streams over on youtube but i might be back on sunday in time to do it or i might just be knackered because i'm gonna have some really excellent beer in bavaria so uh Get in, oh. give yourself a little Bavarian big, toot toot. Big toot toot. Tell me, tell us, let's talk about the news. What's going on? Like, with the, we're going to, and we're going to spoil some of the race analysis and breakdown because some of the biggest news from the week happened during the week. Yeah. So, obviously, the biggest news is um, Daniel Ricciardo uh, unfortunately suffered wanker's whiplash uh, during, um, what was it, FP2? <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was P2. Yeah, FP2, uh, where he he valiantly decided, I'm not going to crash into Oscar. I'm going to point the car into the wall. Um, mm. And unfortunately, he paid the price for that decision. Yeah, Bro- broken hand. Yes. In it. Uh, met a broken metatarsal? Or is, is it a metatarsal or is that the one in your foot? I can't remember. Tarsal's uh, metacarpal hand, I think. Metacarpal, I think it's... okay, yeah, that would make sense, yeah. I'm, I'm, some, I'm something of a scientist myself. Yeah, as qualified <laughs> doctors, uh, he's got wanker's whiplash. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so he's had his first operation on it. Um, and he's uh, gone to see the same wrist doctor as Lance Stroll did. Oh, and another wanker's whiplash uh, yes, sufferer earlier second, this year. Our second wanker's whiplash incident <sighs> of the year. How do you how do you break that? Somebody's like, yeah. So so what happened? Oh, I was driving a Formula One car. Sure, you were you were spanking it a little bit too hard, weren't you, mate? It's like, oops. Yeah. So uh, we got our Liam Lawson debut. Oh, we'll we'll talk plenty about that. Yeah, but uh, he's going to be uh, Ricardo's going to be out for a few races, it seems, which is understandable. So, um, but luckily. Lawson's not required in Japan for Super Formula till October, so he's definitely in for Monza. We know that. Yep. I would highly suspect he's in for Singapore as well. Yeah. And what's after that? Qatar? Oh, I don't even know. Maybe. What, I barely knew it was Monza this week, mate, let alone what's going on later in the calendar. Yeah. So we go Monza, week off, Singapore, Japan, week off, Qatar. So uh, I think he's in for a couple of weeks. Easy. Easy, but um, so Lawson is P2 in the Drivers' Championship in Super Formula, and Super Formula is a really interesting series that a lot of the Red Bull drivers have gone through. And there's a lot of like I've I started to work on a video about Super Formula, and then I gave up on it. Sorry, Snakes, uh, who helped me with some research for it. But I was just like, there's a lot going on in F1 right now. I can't talk about Super Formula, but uh, the the cars in terms of performance are pretty rapid. Like there's kind of like it probably goes something like IndyCar, Super Formula, and then uh, Formula One in terms of performance. And it's a spec series and only Jap- Japanese circuits. 
Uh, but it's good. Hey, here's the other thing though. DeVries is still on contract. Um, so Lawson could cover up to the US Grand Prix. After that, during Mexico is the penultimate round in Japan at Suzuka. That's a doubleheader weekend. So that's the final weekend is the 20th of October. Um, so we could potentially, if Daniel's recovery isn't going as well as expected, DeVries might be in Mexico. What a wild turn of events that would be. Mm. I can't see it happening, but what a no. wild turn of events that would be. Yeah. But I, I, I think, I hope, we had this chat the other day during the race. It's like, I think Lawson should definitely finish up the Super Formula season. Like, if somebody was like, you should finish, you should do the F1. It's like, what do you get for, you know, getting a couple of extra races, driving the F1 car, you know? Or you say, I'm a Super Formula champion. I showed up first year, aced it, done. Yeah, no, he should, he should definitely finish the season, I believe. Um, but uh, it was like a fun stat. Go on. Uh, Alpha Tauri have got uh, have had more drivers this year than they've got points. So they've got they've had they're on four drivers and they've already got three points. So oh my god, big, dude, that's... Big yourself up, Alpha Tauri. You know what? I and and just to talk on that for a moment, I really hope they do a better job next season because like you've got Red Bull. 540 points. Alpha Tauri dead last. They're getting beat by Alfa Romeo, and Alfa Romeo have been insanely disappointing this season. Even Haas have been doing remotely well. Um, mm. well speaking of which, Alfa Tauri said uh, that for 2024, they are taking as much as they can legally from Red Bull. I mm. think they've discovered the errors of their ways where they sort of said, no, 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 we're going to try go off and, and make as much of the car as we can. And now I think they've realized, yeah, this one hasn't really worked out, lads. Let's uh, let's max out the credit cards with uh, the sister team and buy as much as we can. Honestly, in the past, I can understand, you know, like back in the day, Red Bull's first points were with Torosso, which is now Alpha Tauri. Yes. So... Or was it, was it their first points or the first win? First, I believe the it was first, win, it was the first win. Vettel, Monza, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Then, and or who can, nine? No, earlier than that. Oh, surely Vettel Monza. Nineteen seventy-five. Nineteen. No, come on, I'm going to know this. It, it, while while you're looking that up, it, it, I I feel like it's one of those. Two thousand eight. Okay, so it's it's like one of those things. Like, oh, well, we can we can we did this in the past. It's like, mate, it's twenty twenty two. You guys need to buy everything you can buy from Red Bull and then focus on doing what you do best. Don't duplicate stuff and waste resource. And I feel like to some extent, it's a little bit of arrogance to that regard. Like, no, 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 we can, we can do a better job. We can do a better job than they can. It's like, maybe you can, or you can focus your resources and effort on things that make a difference and stop wasting money on standard components. Cause those kind of components shouldn't be performance differentiators. So mm. That was, that was a lovely piece you've just said, but unfortunately, chat calling you out because you said 2022. Uh, I'm, hate, I'm talking about last year. I was going to say, I hate to break uh, it to you, mate, but you're no, a year older. No, exactly. But like, no, but I mean, like even up to last year, it's like, right, this is the cost cap era. Why are you wasting money? Yeah, so that, that's that's what I'm referring to. But anyway, um, yeah. What else? What else this weekend? Uh, we've got we've got some great early, early news signs apparently is talking to Audi confirmed by Sainz Senior. So Carlos Sainz Senior will not drive for Audi, which is currently off Romeo. Yeah, he, he might do as good as Carlos Sainz Jr. I don't know. Maybe. 
I think I think I think honestly the the one thing I would say about Carlos Sainz senior is he would never ever say or complain on the radio that somebody was intimidating him. <laughs> uh, yeah, the se- senior might have done a better job in the conditions at the track as well this weekend. Yeah, he, he, he is rally skills. Some of the smooth intimidator. To be fair, smooth intimidator. <laughs> oh dear, but this doesn't really confirm much because uh, everyone talks to everyone. It's, I t- I talked to Audi at some point. I went to the car dealership, so I'll put that in the press. Well, so yeah, I've, I've been talking to Audi. No, it's not that's slightly same different. shit. Same shit. Um, but yeah, a lot of drivers talk to a lot of people, and I say drivers is their agents, isn't it? Their agents are always out there sounding out with other teams and things like that, saying, "Hey, you know." So I wouldn't read too far into it. I think yeah. it's probably a smart ploy from. Uh, signs senior to sort of say to ferrari we do have Listen, interest from everywhere else so are they are they planning on adding some rally cross tracks to the 2026 calendar for signs junior or what yeah this is uh the ghost of bernie eccleston has decided we're now going to race on the uh helsinki rally course halfway through the season <laughs> you, you, you say that and um if you listeners you're gonna you're gonna be mad at me uh some of you might be even shocked i didn't watch cars for the first time until this year and last weekend I watched Cars 2 and I noticed that, uh, was it, was this name Francesco Bernoulli, the, the Italian formula car? Yep. <laughs> oh my God. He, he wasn't really good on that one stage that has a rally track in the middle of it. He was absolutely shocking in that section of the track. But, um, you know, I, I think Signs, the smooth intimidator, could actually, uh, well, he's the smooth intimidate, isn't he? Fair enough. Yeah, so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, two middle-aged men in their late 30s giving you all the technical analysis of the Cars film. <laughs> oh, Francesco Bernoulli would have done a better job with the pit stops this weekend. So let's, let's get into... Uh, before we get into the race weekend, though, um, just another thing. So if you guys have been hanging out around the, um, the stream, you know that I typically stream qualifying and race watch-alongs and qualifying analysis over on Twitch, in case you missed it, those are all now on my YouTube. So if you haven't, head over to Break F1 on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and keep an eye out on the live thing for the um, streams. Get involved, come hang out, come chat. And we had a great time this weekend. Some of the best watch along streams I've done for my first streams on YouTube. So I appreciate you guys. I see a lot of you guys in the uh, live YouTube chat where we're recording this engine breaking episode right now, who I've seen in there this weekend. So uh give yourselves a big toot toot appreciate you guys so let's move into the race weekend let's and uh i will let you start with this because while you're doing that i'm gonna kick out my two dogs who have been kicking the absolute shit out of each other in the background (laughs) since we started recording i love that Uh, well you know what i hope we can uh we can solve these issues so as dan's kicking if you're watching on video dan's just like get out Get out, you mangy mutts. His dogs are cute. Um, so let's talk through the race weekend. We had the buildup. FP1, uh, Schwartzman was in the Ferrari in place of Signs, and Signs just stood there looking at him like, he's driving my car. But um, that's that's no one. I'm fairly sure this was a thing last year, but teams still have to use two young drivers in free practice one sessions this season. And I don't feel like we've seen... A whole lot of those. So I feel like a lot of people are saving them for the end of the season, um, hoping to make get the most out of their free practice one sessions until all the chips are down 
Um, yeah, we uh, have Felipe Lorogovic confirmed to be in the FP1 for Aston at Monza. Yep. Well, he's a bit uh, of a weapon not, in the... Did he not do that last year at Aston? He did, didn't he? Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah he has. Yeah, and yeah. they could use the same rookie twice, but I think they have to use two... They have to give up two free practice one sessions um, for their rookie drivers or junior drivers or young drivers or whatever they classify them as. But um, he, was, he was pretty strong in the old uh, F2 last season, so uh, up-and-coming talent and uh, well-deserving of some Formula 1 uh, machinery action free practice too uh nothing serious and nothing happened at all important in free practice too nothing even remotely remarkable except for ricardo breaking his hand and yeah we've already gone through that um <laughs> imagine though imagine you're in the uh the garage right yeah and uh so liam lawson was on reserve driver duties this weekend and when in doing so he'll be standing in the red bull garage behind uh, the engineers i think he was on max's side so there's you know there's GP, there's the performance engineer, uh, Rich, there's Helmet, and then Liam probably back there just watching the timing screens, watching the feeds, maybe looking over Rich's shoulder every now and then. And then uh, imagine you see Ricardo shunt like that. And at first you're like, ah, bummer. Then you see him out of the car and like there's him holding his hand. And you're like... Yeah, everyone just, and turns, he's like, everyone just turns around oh. in the garage and looks at him like... <laughs> But uh, no, he where was he? He was in the driver's briefing, and then I think someone told him in the driver's briefing they were like, "Oh yeah, Liam, by the way, you're in the Alpha Tower," and he was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh okay, shit." <laughs> you know what? He's a really, really nice kid, uh, super talented, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about his weekend in a minute. But uh, good on him for being able to step up and honestly keeping his nose super clean this weekend. And just you know what? He, he, people know that he's he's good, but not really. Uh, yeah, not really uh, making any crazy mistakes or anything, really. No, he finished ahead of Yuki. All right, mm. it was a bit, of a bit of a strange race. <laughs> yeah, but... a bit, we'll get into that. What a fucked up race that was. Oh. Um, here's the thing. Free practice two. The bottom three teams on the timesheets, Ferrari. Uh, and it wasn't their engine mode. You look at their top speeds. They were, their top speeds were speedy. Um, so... I think on their quality runs and free practice too, they were pushing and uh, not looking good for those Ferrari powered teams. Anything else you can think of from a uh, free practice too? I like uh, once the weekend's over to qualifying, I completely forget free practice. So yeah, I have to like it's, it's lean free, on my notes heavily. It's free practice. And with the conditions this week is, it was so hard to sort of really take anything from it. Um, yeah. But I did notice that Albon looked very strong and I only noticed that because uh, that was in your report. Oh, yeah, all the old buymeacoffee.com. Yeah, Alex, Alex throughout the whole weekend looking really strong in the car. Good top speed, uh, reasonable medium and low speed performance, but really mo nobody was getting close to Verstappen in the high speed. And we'll talk more about the, uh, the performance in a little minute. But yeah, free practice three, a mixed wet and intermediate session. And I don't recall anything crazy happening maybe a couple people but the ferrari looked terrible the number of times leclerc went off the escape road at turn one and other places oh and maybe signs as well yeah, yeah it, it was like was, yeah well, uh, what was it i think he did like four 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 of his runs and the first three he he bailed in turn one and i was just yeah. like oh it's gonna be one of those weekends is it okay so there's two two things that come to mind there. One of it is brake temperature and brake preparation is one, which is very tricky in the wet. 
that's normal. It happens to almost every team will have break issues in the wet at some point or break balance maps. But Jesus Christ, man, those Brembos absolutely not doing the business. It's not the good stuff. No, and when when the breaks are too cold, here we go. Brace yourselves. We're going fucking technical for the first time in a year. Oofed, oofed. What happens when your breaks are too cool? They glaze over. Don't, is it? They glaze over when they're too cold, don't they? Yeah, it's it's basically when you're not putting enough energy in them to basically burn the interface, so they generate friction. So you just kind of like smudge them, and they basically it. You have to get them fucking hot again in order to clear that. And getting them hot means you have to break hard if you don't have any mew between the pad and the disc you can't break hard so it's this it's really really awful thing and you'll hear you'll hear drivers talk about their brakes going to sleep a little bit and it's like it's, it's not typically glazing unless it's in the in the wet mm, yeah and it's like a vicious circle once you've glazed then you're sort of screwed until you yeah. sort it out so yeah there you go some slightly technical analysis for you there ladies Dude. and gentlemen so what <laughs> What Blake is saying is that when you're driving down to your local butchers, uh, slam the anchors on so your road car doesn't get... Uh... I'm definitely not saying that. Your, uh, your road car will not usually have issues with... Uh, Glazed brakes. Not, not unless you scorch them on a racetrack yeah, and melt them. That, that's good. Yeah, I'm a three-time winner of the Stevenage as the traffic lights Grand Prix, I'll have you know. <laughs> Francesco Bernoulli, the old lad. Yeah, in my ten-year-old uh, diesel Volkswagen. Yeah. Such is the lofty highs of an XF1 engineer. There you go, chat. Thinking, mm. thinking we all drive around in fancy cars. No, I drive a fucking ten-year-old car that weight was worth probably about as much as one of these posters, and Blake drives around in a Ford Transit. So there you go. <laughs> what the fuck do we know? <laughs> Oh, should we move on to qualifying? Let's. Right. So qualifying was another. We've had how many? Is some, does somebody in the stream have the stats on this? How many wet qualifying sessions we had where a wet tire was run during that session? I feel like this is one of the most prominent or the, the most frequent appearances of the wet tires in a race season we've had in ages. Because I remember seasons when I was at the track. It's like, yeah, we've we didn't run the wets this season when it comes up to it it's like okay i'm not sure how much brake blanking we need to use i'll guess and i'm usually right that's fine i don't know what I, we haven't tested the wet brake maps this season it's like when it comes to a wet session it's not like you can compare prepare for it. it's like yeah it's gonna be wet tomorrow but it's yeah, good it's I, good stuff i thought this too and I, I wasn't sure if i was just having like a recency bias sort of thing but i, I was sitting thinking about this earlier i was like i can't remember the last time where we've had so much rain interfere with like weekends and it's yeah i don't know just weird i don't know if it was a recency bias thing or if it actually is um more more sort of rain occurring and yes i know there's people out there screaming global warming that's fine but i'm just saying i don't remember the last time it's happened yeah so if you're a, a long time listener new time listener be sure to drop in the comment uh any stats you got you got that? And if, you, and if you're uh, yeah, watching this on YouTube right not, now, hit that like button. We're not doing any fucking research. We're not doing any of our I, own I damn research. Christ. I am. I'm <sighs> just didn't, I just didn't do that research. <laughs> this is the fraudulent podcast where we just make up stats and just go with them as truth. Fair enough. But let's, let's talk through Q1. We, we lose Liam Lawson, who is basically a sec, 1.2 seconds off. It's his second session in the car. It's the Inters. He doesn't know the car. Uh, he's barely driven on these intermediate tires. He just keeps his nose clean, puts it at the back of the grid. Fair enough. We lose Bottas, Lawson, Magnussen, Ocon, and Joe. 
Not bad. Yeah, not I, don't bad. Think, no. I don't think anyone can begrudge Liam um, for no. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, at the same time, kept his nose clean. Just stayed out of stayed out of trouble. You know what? Didn't try to do any heroics. And this track is catching out some very experienced drivers this weekend. It is a it's a tricky track. This one, so yeah, it's good though, isn't it? It's, it's an old school. I know it's such an overused sort of term, but old school, mate. In it, it's an old school track when men were men. Dude, I, I tweeted that over the weekend. Those, uh, we don't need airbags. We don't need traction <laughs> control. Uh, so we're gonna die like real men. So yeah, there you go. I tweeted that this weekend though. It's like gravel runoffs, proper circuit, high speed, low speed, elevation change, banked corners. Like it's got everything. It's a really, really cool circuit. And I feel like the, the rain did help also to uh, give us just a turn up the excitement a little bit on this one as well, which probably could have been a potentially processional race. But uh, yeah, yep. fair enough. Yeah, the changeable conditions were the uh, just that that's spicy chili sauce you're missing mm. off of uh mm. your dinner a little bit of uh what do they call that uh s- sriracha mayo just a little uh, yeah mm. just a little just a, love just, that stuff just to tip it over the edge and think oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so q2 we lost nico ulkenberg yuki sonoda as well we lost lewis hamilton in q2 he was having a tough time we'll come back to that we also lost gasly and Lance Stroll. But um, here's, here's the interesting thing I saw about that. Going back through watching the, the, the radio messages from Q2, um, Russell was like, not definitely first time lap, not too push, not too push. And then Lewis is out there trying to do too push to get the tires in. And that goes to tell me that he was struggling to find the peak of grip of the tire. Maybe he had, I didn't look at their outlap times, but a speculation is maybe he pushed like hell on the outlap and got them way over the peak, which I don't think is the case, but he was really struggling with that. And he really didn't have anything much to say. He was like, he said in the press that they went different directions with the setup. Maybe that was it, but he was kind of just like, yeah, you know what? It is what it is. And I think it was what it was in the end. We've seen this a few times this season with Mercedes, where they just sort of seem a little bit lost on the Saturday with one of the cars. Yeah. But I think, uh, I don't know, how do I say this about it making it sound like it's slander against Mercedes? It is. Yeah, it is. Sorry, slander. it's all slander, sorry. But this is what happens when you don't have such a powerful car to rely on. It shows all the weaknesses in your other departments. Yeah, and, and that is definitely, I would say, a very, very valid statement. Like in Red Bull, even Paul Monaghan, their, their trackside technical a car chief guy. I don't know what his title is anymore, but um, he was like, the car's just good everywhere. Like it's not, it's not amazing anywhere. It's just good everywhere. and doesn't have very many places where it's off and people that are struggling. They're, they're, they're lacking in at least one of those categories and we can do better than that. But this year, Hamilton Russell qualifying tally seven, six Ooh. and in Hamilton's favor, that is toit. Uh, guess who has the only, 13 nil on the grid right now. Oh, I think I know this. Is it Alvin? Yep. Albon yeah. 13 to Sergeant's zero. And those stats are courtesy of my buddy Tomo, who posts these qualifying tallies every weekend on his Twitter. And if you're not following Tomo on YouTube or on Twitter, uh, 
great creator, a good friend of both Dan and I and the podcast and an absolute legend. So uh, check him out. Good old yeah, Tomo. I'm not bigging him up because he didn't uh, he didn't transfer me 20 quid this week to uh, big him up on the stream. So <laughs> you got you got to pay hey, your bills, Tomo. He didn't pay me. He didn't pay me a damn thing. It for free. Gonna, oh, my God. Yeah. I like Tama. He's a good lad. He is. And and He's got a and shit tasting, shit tasting football teams. But other Does than he? That, yeah. Who's, what's his club? Uh, uh, it's, oh, is it West Ham or Aston Villa? He's going to fucking kill me now. I can't remember if it's West Ham <laughs> or Aston Villa. Either way, they're shit. Oh, no. Oh, he's going to oh. kill me for that. Well, who's your football club then? Uh, I don't really follow football, but if I had to pick up, oh, it's going to be Arsenal. Is that good or bad? Uh, yeah. It's typical that uh, Arsenal, uh, Arsenal are like the Ferrari. We're still living off our glory years in the early 2000s. Yeah. There's somebody, somebody in chat saying West Sham or East Ham. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, so let's go, let's go back to the Formula One. This, this ADHD trips have been great this episode, though. Yeah, I appreciate I'm, I'm leaning guys. into them as well. Yeah, that's good. I, can, I know you're, you're, you're uh, enabling me, you know, son of a yeah. bitch. <laughs> um, so what do we got? Uh, Q2, yeah, Hamilton knocked out. Q3, everything's on slicks, but we had two substantial delays. The track was drying, but it wasn't particularly perfectly dry yet. Uh, we've got Sargent out, uh, and we've got Leclerc crashing out. Leclerc's crash was like one of those slow motion things, like, oh, that bitch is understeering straight into the barriers, and he did. But between those two red flag periods, the track dried out a bit, so it's like every lap the drivers went out, the track was so much different. So that yeah. was probably a very challenging aspect of it. Um, yeah. Those, so on the those, those crashes are always the worst. It's just like yeah. slow motion. Oh. I can see what's going to happen, but I've got a few seconds to think about it sort of thing. Yeah. It's like, actually, you know what? Let me slow it down a little bit and just enjoy this. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, Did you see Norris? So, sorry. Oh. Sorry to jump in. Did you see Perez hit the wall as he came into the pits? In the race? Oh, was that the race? Or yeah, that was the race. That yeah. was the race or qualifying. Oh, okay, it was the race. Sorry. Sorry yeah, I jumped well, we, sp we spoiled the race. The race is over, guys. That's it. <laughs> Done. No, but um, Norris on that final run, you know, the, the final run in Q3 and it's, everybody's getting all hyped up and you're seeing purple sectors pop up. Lando mm. Norris throws a stinker in sector one and we're like, oh shit, is it happening? Norris pole. And then Max absolutely pulls his pants down and spanks him in sector two and three. But I mean, that was that was an impressive run and a really strong showing from Norris to qualify P2 on the grid. Uh, Russell, poor sector one and sector three and a reasonable sector two. Uh, pretty much tells me, looking at their top speeds as well, they had quite a bit of downforce and drag on the car, um, but not, not unraceable. The, the field spread, I think the field spread was, there was a second between P1 and P5 but I think if the track had been dry throughout, I think that that grouping would have been tighter. Yeah, less than a second in the top 10, 15, I reckon. And I think we'd have seen a lot more chaos because we saw that in free practice too. Verstappen's on pole by half a second, clear to Norris, uh, Perez P7. And I was looking through the data in my analysis on my buy me a coffee report. Man, like it looked like it looked like he was driving a different car in the seven and eight high speed corner and then the penultimate corner before the banked bit it, it just he had no confidence in the car and that's not me feeding the conspiracy theory that they've given checo a different car i completely yes, it is no it's not i'm not i'm not biting that that's I'm, I'm going back to what i've said throughout the rest for most of this season and it's the difference in prep between max and perez on their outlaps 
I that's think my that's, theory. I think that's part of it. But at the same time, it's like uh, I looked at their outlap sector times. I think this weekend they were quite reasonable. It was literally Max's confidence and just full sending and having the the ability to deal with. I'm going to keep it on the track and just yeeting it into everywhere. And then looking at it, nobody was really close to Verstappen in the high speed corners except for signs. So the Ferrari um, it's got a lot of downforce, except their balance and low and medium speed corners is absolute dog shit. And even sign, even the Claire said, you know, the car's understeering in places is oversteering in places. I can't predict it. So not only do you have the car being unpredictable, then the drivers then having to drive under that so that they don't get unpredicted like Leclerc did. And then, Bosch done. Yeah, um, Ferrari have done that that incredible thing of what they did. Uh, was it in 2014 or whenever it was when they built a car that understeers and oversteers at the same time? Simultaneous yeah, over understeers. That's it's an incredible feat of ingenuity and engineering, but I'm not sure if it's actually going to pay any dividends. So, uh, two thoughts on that: oversteer, understeer simultaneously, definitely very likely to be related to an aerodynamic problem and an instability and you know part of the map where at a certain state of yaw steer roll and ride heights you lose downforce or something falls apart but at the same time you can also have issues when you get into suspension compliances um and basically where your tires are pointing as a function of braking and cornering and accelerating you know small changes in that and like all cars have compliance that and that's that's fine but making sure those compliances are tuned to make the car handle well are super fucking important. And if you don't have a good feeling for that, uh, you're in trouble. Mm. Big trouble. Bring back the uh, super legal and definitely not illegal bendy floor from last year. Pre-Belgium? Pre, uh, pre, Pre-technical directive, yeah. Bring back the yeah. totally legal, definitely not bending floor. See what happens. Mm. Yeah, they seem to like, everybody was like, yeah, we're going to slow Red Bull down. Then everybody else went slower. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Happen, it happens every time, man. Every time somebody's like, yeah, I'm going to do a technical directive because we don't think that's good. Uh, we'll slow you guys down. It's like, oh, fuck, we went slower. Damn it. Yeah. Son of a... Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, the, uh, the execution was brilliant, but unfortunately it was the wrong team. Mm. So let's, let's get on to the Dutch Grand Prix of 2023. We had uh, an outstanding figure talented of 186 overtakes but uh i don't think that's the right nomenclature isn't it we talked about this before the podcast yeah so it's the, it was the record for the most overtakes in a race wasn't it with 186 but but i don't I think overtakes is the wrong word i think position changes because the majority of those are going to be when everybody shit the bed at the start of the race and was in the pits and and whatnot yeah so Let's let's look at this real quick. Say, so this is a good race. Sorry, don't yeah, don't yeah. take that as me saying no, it, was, it was boring. I think it's I think it's a great race, but at the same time, I f- I feel like Rain does a really good job because what Rain does is it introduces unpredictability, and we do not want predictable races. Hmm. I mean, the Max winning the race is probably inevitable. Say. Fine, <laughs> but but you know everything. We can at least shake up everything else. So like, let's let's start with the race start. There's some some clouds in the sky. Everybody's lined up on the grid except for Magnussen, who starts from the pit lane. And as they're going around in sector two, the heavens open and it's moist. It is very wet. Um, there are several drivers that pit immediately on lap one. We've got Perez, Leclerc, uh, Magnussen, 
who's quite a far way back, but being released from the pit lane late, uh, Sunoda and Lawson all pit off of that. And actually, Lawson gets a penalty here for impeding. Ah, right. Here we go. Bring on the uh, steward slander that you've all known to come and love. That you've all come to know and love, should I say. Sorry, I got that completely wrong. Um, I don't I, I, I don't think that's really fair on Liam. Uh, if you watch it, he comes in and Yuki's in the box in front of him. So then he sort of has to sit outside the box, which is unfortunately in front of, uh, was it one of the McLarens? I forgot who is in front of impeding now. So he basically, the, the box behind them, he's blocked that driver from exiting. Because Yuki's stuck in the box in front of him, in, in so, his box. <laughs> so I, I think it's more of a team thing than well, a driver. Like Liam can't help it if the team have basically gone, oh shit, bring both drivers in at the same time. I don't know. Well, the, the other thing is, 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 he was in the transition lane blocking them, A. He wasn't in the pit lane. So there's there's there's... There's pit lane, transition lane, and then there's the where the boxes are, where they stop. The only thing they could do is he could have stopped alongside McLaren rather than, or whoever the, whoever the team behind them was, he could have stopped alongside them instead of, you know, in front of them. But I, I think that's one of those things. And also Zanvoort's pit lane is notoriously uh, small and, and tight. It's, it's quite an old school pit lane. So Yes, it is. And it is one of the favourite tracks that we like to reference uh, when we talk about adding extra teams to the grid. Zandvoort is the first one that would not be able to accommodate any more teams because they are maxed out on garage space there already. No, they just do a better job. Like, honestly, that's <laughs> nonsense. Just try just harder. Remove, just remove Red Bull's catering. That will, that will fill up a few garage spots. Easy. Easy. Um... So, yeah, I mean, so that's that's lap one. And here's the thing. So the track goes from dry to wet and the rain lasts about eight laps, I'd say. And here's the thing. There's a couple teams which pit on lap one. They, they full scent on it. And there are a couple teams that pit on lap two and lap three. And if you pit after lap two, you're kind of you're kind of fucked. Uh, people that did that. There was uh, Russell. There was Hamilton. Uh, he put on lap three. Russell put on lap four at the end of those laps. Signs a little bit late. Um, and then Stroll. But here's the other thing. Some people stayed out. And the people on slicks were losing 20 seconds a lap for several laps. Guess how much a pit, lap, pit stop costs you here? About 20 seconds. Yeah. So, and you know, there were people that stayed out. Just, just quickly, uh, chat have corrected me and said that pit lane, the uh, Garages are being expanded for 2024. Mm. There you go. So, so again, how much do Zanvoort, I know? Fuck all. Zanvoort's sorted. Yeah. But uh, watching Checo on the Inters basically driving around people like they were in F2 cars was was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, we had we had people. Um, that, so the field spread at lap nine is 100 seconds, a minute 40 after 10 laps because of people that stayed out. And here's the thing. I did, I did a little uh, stat on this on Twitter today. If you pit on lap two or three, or if you pit on lap one or two, you gained a lot of positions. If you pit on lap three, you kind of broke even. And if you stayed out throughout that onto that same dry tire, you, you maybe lost a couple of positions. But if you box at lap four or five, you lost out massively. So the people that didn't 
make their bed, which was basically uh, Mercedes and McLaren and Stroll. Those those teams got absolutely hosed in the uh, the first stop. So, oof, big oof for those guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that was that was interesting. So let's, let's shuffle forward. You've got a couple people who stayed out. They fall way back, but you've got Perez, who was one of the. He comes out in the front in the lead. He's something like thirteen seconds ahead of Max. In six or seven laps, Max eats up all of that lap time benefit that Checo has, and he's a couple seconds behind him. It yeah. was it was impressive. <laughs> it was yeah. This was uh, a rare moment this year where we've actually seen the full potential of the RB nineteen when it's fully unleashed because Max has got such an easy time when he's in front, he just dials it back a little bit and he just cruises to the win. Whereas now it was like, Oh, you know, strategy's gone a little bit wrong here. You've got a bunch of places to make up. And it was like, right, I'm going to use this RB19 and I'm going to use a hundred percent of it. <laughs> yeah. And good God, did it go? Fuck man. That was what, but like, so, so looking at the laps, you know, first couple laps, Max had a little bit, he was a lap later. So he had less warm up, but, uh, lap six, he was nearly two seconds faster. Lap seven, Checo, I think, was coming through traffic. So Checo lost four seconds on that lap uh, due to his position, which was not really his fault. And then after that, Max is still a second and a half faster than him per lap. And then the unthinkable happens. The track is starting to dry up. And people, after a couple of laps, were only on lap 10 or... Uh, sorry, lap nine, and people are like, right, it's time to come back onto the dry tires. And the teams that hit early, as early as possible in both those situations, won out the most. Um, and being that, Verstappen pits ahead of Perez to cover Alonso, because Alonso is one of the first uh, to stop back onto soft tires. Actually, Hamilton was the first to stop with Magnussen and then Alonso on uh, at the end of lap 10. But that cover happens and then Checo pits a lap later and uh, there's the radio message. Did Max come out ahead? Did Max undercut us? And Hugh was like, <laughs> yep. But at the same time, yeah. like there's, there's people saying that Red Bull sabotaged him and, and I think Red Bull were probably a lap suboptimal with Perez's stop. Could they have stacked? Probably. I don't think they thought the track was going to get that much faster that quickly. I mean, they're, they're checking the sectors, and probably by the time they called Max into pit, they're like, we should have pit Checo once, once they got that sector time in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think, going back, I think, uh, I think Perez... Again, it sounds like slander to Perez, but it's not. it's not. Don't take it that way. But I think... Perez's first pit stop in the very first lap wasn't calculated. I think it was a less experiment for Max by putting Checo on an intermediate tire and see what happens. And it just turned out to be the perfect time and the perfect strategy. And they were like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I think they used Perez a little bit in lap one as a guinea pig. I don't, I think that was calculated. You think looking, okay. yeah, looking at, look, looking at sector times, like from, from the sectors and it's like, it's fucking pissing it down. If it's if it's not this lap, it's the next lap, and everything we've learned, that like think thinking back to what we've seen before, it's like you can lose more time on a slick on a wet track than you lose by stopping twice in some instances, as long as you're on the right tire on that right lap. We saw it in Monaco 
uh, we start again here. Right tire, right time. I, I don't really think that they needed to guinea pig. I, I think they made the right call with Perez and they didn't give up track position with Max. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the drivers were driving a lot of those decisions to stop. Yeah, Chatter corrected me saying that Checo made the decision for the lap one stop. Ah, so, so yeah, I, I think the drivers that would make, were that would make my theory wrong, and I'm never wrong. So sorry, Correct. Chat. So, I'm just gonna have to ban every single one of you now. Yeah, but I mean that's that's one of the things. Like the driver has to call it, and Max, you, you don't usually give up track position. We see it happen a lot of times. There's there's never any controversial things where people don't pit to keep track position and then something bad happens, right? Oh, yeah, never. never. Okay. okay. I thought not. <laughs> Fake news. Yeah. So the, the, the race kind of, the rest of the race plays out. Max has a pretty decent pace advantage over Perez. Um, the rest of the race is, I believe, a two-stop soft from there, uh, pitting around that 40 to 50. Uh, and then it goes into intermediates at the end and more chaos happens, but we'll come back to that. Spoiler alert. Uh, Red flags. Uh, oh, here's the thing, though. Checo pits. Yeah. When the, when the car was in. That was a weird one. They boxed Checo when there was Joe in the wall at turn one. Was it? Was it not turn one? I what turn it was. Joe, Joe, yeah. Joe was in the wall. He was stuck. It was pissing it down. There was spray in the air. Visibility was low. It was going to be a red flag, and they did box him there. So he ends up in the pit lane stuck but what they do is they basically just let him do a a lap to reset that because they wanted to roll back the order to before that lap which i guess makes sense the last this is i think we've had this a few times isn't it where it go it has to go back to the last sector time or something the last full sector where every car yeah. crossed it before the red flag and they have to go on that order yeah yeah exactly so that's why he sort of ended up not being he started sort of where, where he, before he pitted, whatever. It makes sense in my head. I'm just doing a terrible job of explaining it. No, that's thanks, fine. Thanks but, for being here for the whole year, listening to me fuck this up. <laughs> but like, but like, realistically, looking at the race as well, on the softs, Max was, in general, on average, three to four tenths faster than Checo throughout the race. And yeah, I, I think Max was clearly qualifying in the inters on the race, on the sit, slicks, and on the inters, just faster. So, yeah. Um, but we, we got something funny as well happen. Go on. Uh, we, had, we had a stat for the first time this season. Uh, somebody overtook Max for snapping on track. Who was it? <laughs> I'm looking at chat right now. Rory, Rory talks F1 says it was Lawson. Yeah, Liam Lawson was the first person this year to uh, overtake Max Verstappen on track. <laughs> That's because he was on Inters. No, let the agenda agend. Liam Lawson, the future goat. Oh my god, let's go, Liam. Big up, big toot toot. But um. So that's kind of Red Bull's race. Like, I, I don't, I, I feel like a lot of teams got it. Like, the penalty for being a lap out on your stop sequence can be small. Um, and Checo basically got a huge advantage by the, the advantage he got from stopping on lap one was huge. The advantage mm -hmm. he lost by stopping a lap late going back to the slicks was not as much. And, and realistically, I think Max making up the pace there. But re uh, perfectly, if they were to do it perfectly, they should have stacked them that lap. There was a three or four second gap. 
they max would have lost two seconds over a normal pit stop. Yeah, I saw a comment on this. Someone said apparently the cameraman was standing in the way, which was preventing a double stack, which I thought was a bit. I don't know. I know. It's well, sm- you- I know it's a short pit lane and it's small, so that's yeah. But what you do is you get your rear jack man, who's usually a big lad, and you go knock him the fuck out. Yeah, beat the shit out of photographers. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. no disrespect to photographers. Um, oh, yeah, most no, of the, it's a hard job. Most of the pit lane photographers and videographers are very seasoned, but sometimes you get somebody new who's a bit of a fucking jackass. And uh, yeah, fortunately, the rear jackman didn't have to knock this dude out. <laughs> mate, mate, I worked for the team and I got in the way, let alone someone else. <clears throat> yeah, fair enough. I was just permanently in the way. <laughs> so... Other other interesting stories in the uh, race. Let's, sorry, quickly, just audio listeners. Uh, that was Blake pouring a drink, not taking a piss. If you just no, heard that, I've got a porta potty on stream. Um, but let's let's look at the results. And like, I didn't really. We'll come back. I'll come back to Alonso. Max Verstappen wins the race. Uh, while we're talking about the Red Bull race, so at the end, Perez boxes in the pit lane. He gets a pit lane speeding limit. He goes over the pit lane and he smacks the pit wall on the way in and damages his rear wing. So. He then has a five-second penalty applied to him, which knocks him off the podium. Uh, so the podium is Max Fernando. Checo has lost his podium spot. And we have Pierre Gasly on the podium. We should talk about his race quickly because I, I think it's uh, pretty interesting uh, what happened. Go for it, Mr. Data Man. Oh, uh, what, Gasly, what was Pitt. interesting about Gasly's race? Uh, he had a good race. From, he had a very from, good race from the view. He's sixteen. So Gasly, sorry, not sixteen. Uh, Gasly starts in P twelve. No, I'm sorry. If I got this all fucked up, probably. Let me just double check my notes here because I I do not like misspeaking. It makes me really uncomfortable. Pierre Gasly starts P twelve. Okay, that is correct. Um, by he then. Stays out. He boxes on lap two. So he's suboptimal on his stop. But he comes out on the inter and he's running around in third or fourth. Basically the rest of the race. And I did not flag this at any point. I was like, what? Unless something's completely wrong with my data. I don't think that's the case. I mean, Pierre's running around most of the race in uh, fourth and fifth. uh, Correction. He does a he stops. A lap late for the first stop. Ocon stops on lap th- two at the end of lap two, so that's not great. Um, does two soft stints, throws on an enter at the end when the track's wet again, and then just holds on to P4. And then, uh, yeah. yeah. So Gasly was a lap one stopper. That is correct. That is why he was so far ahead. It's my chart that says lap. Uh, the first lap of the stint, not the stop lap. So, again, anybody that stopped on lap one made... Huge gains, huge gains. Huge. And Gasly kept his nose clean and stayed out of trouble. Um, and to be fair, Ocon, Ocon from P16 to P10, so he does make an improvement. But Gasly's race, and like looking at his pace, Gasly's pace was not that far off of Alonso. He matched Alonso uh, in the middle stint on the soft. Uh, then later in the race, he falls behind, I believe. I can't tell who that is. I think that might be Norris for a bit. And um, he struggles to get past him. But yeah, that was honestly, Gasly drove an awesome race, kept his kept out of trouble. Uh, finishes P4 on the road and gets the five second penalty from uh, 
from the old uh, Checo man. Not bad at all. Do you know who else got a penalty that I completely missed? Go on. Uh, Kevin Magnussen got a five-second time penalty for falling more than ten car lengths behind the safety car. I completely missed that. I didn't. I didn't see that at all. I had no idea that happened. I'll just check the notes now, and that happened, and I completely missed it. Oh, so uh, where does he finish? Magnuson finishes. Eight, I mean, and also sixteen, so he wasn't really. Yeah, but keep in mind that when you have time penalty at the end of the race, when there's been a red flag, we had this in uh, Melbourne. Huge, like science's penalty. Oh shit! Yeah, when they're in a gap, like with their nose to tail, and you get a five second penalty, you go from podium to P thirty seven or something. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but uh, hey, other. Sorry, on. no, you go, you go. No, I was just, I was just gonna move on to Albon because I think Albon needs a. Can we have Albon a little toot toot real quick? <laughs> yeah, go on, Albon. Uh, Albon goes long, and Albon was one of the guys that stayed out on the soft, and he goes on to do a hashtag blessed forty four lap <laughs> long stint on his new soft. Unfortunately, there's a little gotcha from this. What's, so what's the gotcha? On a wet weather race, if you at any point fit a wet weather specification of tire and enter or a full wet, you do not have to use two dry tire compounds. Yes. Alex Albon does a basically what's going to be a one stopper on a soft, and he doesn't have a new soft to fit A, and he still has to fit at this point. They're not sure it's going to rain again. He has to fit a different tire. So he fits a medium from lap 45. And then drives that until it starts pissing it down. At that point, on the time the his he was all the way up, uh, I think in P six at one point. And then after the rain falls and the red flag and the restart, uh, finishes was that P eight. Yeah. So Albon P8. Albon getting another haul of points in the uh, Williams Sergeant retiring due to a hydraulics failure. I believe he lost power steering and brake by wire and. Yes, and also as well, <laughs> I got I got a shout out to Logan Sargent, bless him. Uh, he went full Latifi this weekend, I think, in uh, in, in qualifying. He gets into Q3 and then celebrates by immediately crashing it. Yeah, oofed. Um, Big oofed. So yeah, but uh, in the race, unfortunately, he had that uh, issue which put him into the barrier. So yeah, let's, let's, poor, let's poor put it Logan. this way. Let's put it this way. Uh, Williams, not insanely fast this weekend. Logan, definitely on the struggle bus, like you mentioned. But looking at Albon's lap times on the soft, um, I mean, given it was a relatively old soft that had been through a lot, um, he was still half a second a lap off of Fernando towards the end of that after he's gotten to some dag. But um, I, I think, clearly, let's, let's go to this pace ranking order. Red Bull on top. Aston Martin, pretty impressive. Um Alpine hanging on to the Aston, Ferrari a little bit kind of hopeless. Williams not that much worse, probably similar to the Ferrari in race mm. trim. Fucking wild that. Wow, Aston looking quick this weekend. And what did they bring this weekend? A new floor. Oh my god. It's interesting, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to try and do a video on this in the next week or two. Aston's philosophy from the start of the season to now has changed massively. At the beginning of the season, their philosophy was shitloads of downforce, great high-speed cornering performance, really slow in a straight line. And now they're 
reasonably quick in a straight line and they just have no high speed corning performance here at least at zanvoort and it's like okay something's changed and somebody's saying around canada's time they got slapped with a td about front wing you know the, the front wings are regulated they can't deflect more than x under y load but they found a way to potentially i'm extrapolating get around this test and have a wing that bent in a favorable manner yeah yeah, I was going to say something I've completely fucking forgotten now. Well done, Daniel. Yeah, but uh, speaking speaking of, we, we missed out somebody from that performance pecking order that Lewis, at the end of the... He said, you know, we, we could have been fighting this weekend if we had made better calls on the pit wall. And... Yeah, I think that's uh, a fair statement. I, I think it's positive. I think it's definitely some, some positivity and some good vibes, but the only thing that showed us that Mercedes would be competitive at least from what happened on Sunday, was Russell's final stint on the intermediate after he serves a penalty, goes into the pit lane, stops twice in two laps, it looks like, and then uh, he's basically somewhat close to matching Verstappen's pace in clean air. So, so you're telling me this is adding more evidence to my theory that I said a few episodes ago where the, the Mercedes is an absolute shitbox on high fuel. And then when it burns off its fuel, its race pace magically, massively improves. I would say that the verdict is still out on that. And I think there's a lot of data we can go look at to prove whether or not that could be plausible. Uh, the only thing we can take away from this race was the field spread was really tight. And when you have a close field spread, it makes overtaking extremely difficult. In order to overtake, you need a top speed deficit or a top speed delta and a lap time delta in order to increase the probability of the driver being able to overtake. People mostly being on the same strategy made that difficult from a tire life or tire performance point of view. And the other thing is Mercedes was stuck behind cars uh, that were slower than them, but not that much slower than them. So we really didn't get to see what Mercedes could do at all until Russell was out on his loan some, some 40 seconds off the back of the pack at the end of the race. Um, mm. I'm I'm going with my theory because I'm <laughs> wrong about 99% of the time on this show. Ah. I want my 1%. I am the 1% today. Indeed. But yeah, I, I think maybe they do struggle a little bit at high fuel, but I, I think they've got a lot of other fundamental struggles. And like you mentioned before, when you have a car that's not great, it's really easy for the weaknesses to be uh, uh, very obvious, whereas Red Bull, like, eh, we had a couple issues. We'll just turn it down a little bit and uh, we'll be all right. But yeah, I, I think if they had clean air, I think they would have been faster because they're clearly nose to tail with the cars in front of them, which usually implies there's a car holding them up. And I think that one point that was uh, maybe a Sunoda or so an AlphaTauri or something. I'm not really clear, but there was cars ahead of them that were out of pace order and they couldn't overtake them. There you go. I think we're getting we're getting we're getting on there, but we got one more team left to talk about. Oh, do we? Who we got to talk about? Well, you know what? Well, it's 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 your random fandom team. Oh. so you know what? What we'll do is we'll we'll leave them out, and then I'll I'll uh we'll cross check your uh, report card. How about that? Thank you. Please do. <laughs> uh, race results: Verstappen, Alonso, Gasly, Perez. Signs anonymous P5 there as well. Hamilton up to P6 after a, a pretty crappy qualifying. Um, we didn't talk about their strategy actually. Oh, we haven't put them on fucking roast, man. Mercedes, um, Mercedes, Mercedes. Yeah, we talked about their pace, but their strategy. 
they were one of the teams that categorically did not they were just waiting the whole time they pit at the end of lap three and at the end of lap four for hamilton and russell respectively so pitting russell at the end of lap four sends him from p2 on the track down to p14 and that was his that was his race over soon then then he only had six laps on that intermediate and then he pits and he comes out in 18. he drives through lawson spends most of the race in 17th on hard he claws his way all the way back up to p7 then to get dumped on by people coming through on new softs we have seen this so many times with mercedes strategy and i'm not i'm not going to be too harsh on them right because i couldn't do the fucking job jesus christ but yeah their strategy department or whatever seems to always be uh reactive rather than proactive in that they will let someone else make a decision and then react to that rather than sort of going no fuck it we're going to set the strategy we're going to be the first to do this or whatever and so many times it's caught them out where they've waited Mm. and it's bit them in the ass and I think again it's going back to when they didn't have to worry about things like this because their car was so dominant. They were like, we don't need to react. Uh, sorry, we don't need to be do any just cover. Of, just yeah, cover yeah, whoever just cover. pits. All we got to do is cover because the car's so good or whatever, and and yeah. we can just cruise it. Whereas now they are in a sea of nowhere. Bless them. Mm. They need to be more sort of on the ball with these strategy calls. And yeah. it's, it's like like I said earlier. It's, it's if when your car's not good enough, it highlights the weaknesses in your other areas and and this is one of them where their strategy i think the last time they had a good strategy was i say last time they had a good strategy but the last time i think was it uh spain last year when they did something with george and it was like but at the end of the day like there's 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 those risks that you take the big risk but like you went out the most by being consistently on it you don't have to be at the point where you're doing hail marys you know so it's yeah i I don't i don't remember that but yeah so the long story short of that is uh i mean hamilton starting quite far back getting knocked out in q2 he again lost out from pitting late russell lost out from pitting late and they just didn't hmm, there's another team that did a really bad job of that as well and we'll get back to them in a minute but their race is pretty reasonable. I think Hamilton had a couple of overtakes. So Hamilton was able to come through quite a few slower cars. It was the cars that weren't that much slower than them that he struggled to get past. And I think they did have the pace to be up there. But were they going to be faster than Ferrari and Aston? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. So yeah. that's that's the race. Um, any other? Ah, who ah. do we got? Stroll finishes out of the points. Uh, Castry P9. Lawson comes home P13 ahead of Sunoda. Sunoda, who has a five second penalty for causing a collision. Uh, but yeah, so realistically, Sunoda would have been still behind Lawson. So, no, would he? Uh, oh, yeah. Fucking, I don't know. No, I'm he'd not be, he'd really just ahead of him. I'm not reading too much into that because. No. He, he, it was such what? a crazy race. I think the fact that Liam that was finished a, is good enough. And that was a great trial by fire for him, wasn't it? It's like a super challenging race, lots of external factors, lots of changing conditions, and uh, 
He brought it home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll see how he goes with a full weekend of preparation in Monza. Yeah, and I hope he does well. Well, uh, he won't because I suspect the Alpha Tower is going to be a fucking dog at a Monza, yeah. but we'll see. Well, since we've gone on for so long, we're quite deep. Sorry, in this. This, yeah, is a, this is we, a deep episode. It is. Like we've our ADHD is is riding, and you guys are enjoying it. So we're glad to have you. But why don't we take a quick break from a little quick word from uh, one of our sponsors, our our favorite sponsor, actually. Ooh. Hello, it's me again. Just to tell you that we are continuing our deal with NordVPN. Give you an exclusive offer. You can get it by going to nordvpn.com slash engine to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. They have a super simple app that you can use on your phone, your tablet, your PC. And it's something that I've used myself for years and I've been completely happy with it the entire time. And it's just in time to get around that potential geographical restrictions for f1 tv obviously i can't say you should do that because that's probably illegal but you know so yeah go to nordvpn.com slash engine so me and blake can feed our families thank you now technically that was the old ad which for some reason has played but i'm pretty sure the details are all the same so whatever Fair enough. <laughs> and it's actually probably more relevant given that F1 TV comment. <clears throat> F1 TV. F1 TV Pro is the only way to watch F1. It is. Uh, and I, I think maybe Nord can help you with that. Yeah, maybe. We can't confirm or deny it because that would be illegal. What is, I don't know about that. But yeah, anyway. I don't know. I just don't want to get sued by Sky Sports because uh, <laughs> fuck them and fuck their prices, to be honest. So there you go. <laughs> Why don't we move on to the next segment? You want some, uh... Oh, no, no. No, you don't want the air horn. High production value. Yeah, here we go. It's only been a year. Random fandom. Oof! We're so biased, that's why we're going to give you a report card on our favourite teams. Dan... Why don't you go first? Because I was I was chomping at the bit. And I was like, I'm not gonna I'm yeah, not gonna yeah. give the report card on them. But talk to me about it. Right. So they finished P7 and P9. Right. So they got some points. Hooray! But the reality is, they could have got a lot more if they made some better strategy calls. Right. And we can, we can go into that because obviously you got the data. But I will say the good news, McLaren fans, is that the car did look quite competitive this weekend. You know, all right, Lando qualified P2, and perhaps you know. Maybe he should have finished on the podium, right? But look. <laughs> should have done. Yeah. I mean, this was, and it's similar to going back to what we were talking about, like where they made some bad calls with strategy and it's, they had to play catch up for the rest of the uh, uh, race. And fair play to um, Lando and Oscar. I think they did well to recover to P7 and P9. Um, but yeah, the strategy just, just kind of fucked them over with their decisions they made. They they decided to leave Oscar on the dries at the start. And, but, and Lando's was just a bit all over the place. So yeah, strategy-wise, they let themselves down. So yeah. I, I, give, them, you I give them a C. Yeah. And the car the car looks good. I I feel like you you nailed it there. It's the operationally they got kind of uh screwed and they ended up like in traffic 
half of the time. So it's like the same as Mercedes. Like if you end up back in that gaggle, you're not really doing much. The fact they pit Norris so late that screwed him over. Um, I mean, Piastri ends up yeah losing out a little bit less, but Piastri also stops uh, at the VSC at lap 16 as well, which then sends him back. Piastri is up to P8. So was it, it was chaos. It seemed like they really, yeah, the car looked good in qualifying though. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah. It's just operationally, they sort of bluffed that one up. Um, but look, considering where they were at the start of the year, they probably would have quite happily taken a P7 and P9. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but realistically, now they need to be fighting for podiums. They yeah. should be on that second and third step. Yeah, they need to, they need to nail that bit down. So we'll see how they go in Monza because obviously they've had some success recently in Monza. We'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I'll give them a C. And and yeah. really, the only the only issue is really is the operational side let them down this weekend, which is a shame. Yeah, I think maybe somebody mentioned in the this live stream chat is maybe they were a little bit thrown off by the fact that Lando was all the way up to P1 at one point. But I, I, I don't know, like, realistically, we saw a lot of the drivers making the calls and the drivers not particularly too fussed either. Like, yeah, we can stay out. And it's like, hi, by the way, you're losing 20 seconds a lap. We should probably have stopped you a lap ago. And but it's too late. So we'll just let it bleed out a little bit more before we yeah, put a bandage like on it. Lando and his engineer had some um, interesting messages going on. Uh, I, think, I, can't remember, I think, I can't remember which way around it was, but they were, they were talking about staying out on the dries. And uh, he, I think Lando was like, yeah, no, I'm fine to stay out on the dries. And then immediately gets overtaken by someone on the Inters or something like that. <laughs> it's just like, it was, it was a bit, yeah, they need, they need to sort of sort that out. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, Aston this weekend, Alonso qualified P5, Stroll P11, race Alonso P2, Stroll P11. Um, I mean, and then if we, if we go back, I didn't really, even in my report on Buy Me A Coffee, I didn't really do too much about the Astons because Alonso, I kind of compared him to everybody else. But yeah, Lance just kind of, back at the back for most of the race around 18, 19, and then comes back up through. But just, is, is, is Lance got it in him. I don't know. I don't know. It's... Uh, I'll say this because last time I said this, Lance had a really good race. And, I, and that's when I said that when they are fighting for, if they ever get to a position where they're fighting for a Constructors' Championship, is Lance the guy that you want in your car? Uh, and I said, no, probably not. Um, and then immediately Lance went out and beat Alonso in the next race. So who knows? Maybe in Monza, Lance is now going to be yeah. Alonso. <laughs> shit talk him for a minute. Give him some, yeah. get him G'd up. Yeah, I'm going to shit talk Stroll in the hope that it perks him up a bit. But um, I don't know. If this carries on, Papa Stroll's got to have a conversation, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you're not wrong. But yeah, I, I don't know. I want to give them uh, an A, but if if Lance isn't pulling that, uh, like the, the best they're getting is a B, but Alonso had a, a mega drive and like in situations and conditions like that, the wily old fox is going to come out on top, isn't he? Uh, honestly, and also their, their strategy, they had really fucking good calls. The Him and his engineer, Chris, who was the performance engineer that replaced me when I left Force India? Chris 
was performance engineer on Checo's car. And then now Chris is race engineer. He's, he's fucking good. I'll say that. Like he gets it. His communication super sharp, super nice dude. And like, you know, he's rocking up working with the dark Lord himself and just doing an awesome job. They've got great communication. The team seems to do a pretty damn good job right now. Um, and it's, it's really good to see that. Really good to see that. They were, they were a little bit late with Alonzo coming in. They were, early-ish with him going back onto the softs at the beginning. And Alonzo was just quick and kept his nose clean, as one does. Yeah. Yep. Nailed it. Uh, but yeah, what do we got? Should we, uh, should we move on to our next uh, little uh, segment here? Hit it. Fraud Watch. Fraud Watch. So... Fraud Watch is where we put somebody on blast every weekend. And uh, we've had DeVries on there a lot. We've got Ferrari and McLaren on there a lot. Um, last weekend, the sprint race was on and signs was on for me. But Dan, who have you nominated for Fraud Watch this weekend? There was, there was a lot of viable candidates for Fraud Watch this weekend. However, I'm going slightly left field and uh, I'm giving it to... Uh, the F1 social media and graphics team who uh, post-race put out a graphic saying that Fernando Alonso has set a new record for longest time between first and last career podiums. Now they put out a graphic saying it was 7,399 days. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they got absolutely battered by Twitter community notes who quickly pointed out, actually, it's 7,462 days. And uh, the 7,399 days they put out was actually referring to the previous record holder, which was Michael Schumacher. So well done, F1. Well, and you know what? They got kind of close with it. So yeah, yeah, fair well, enough. Yeah, you tried. Um, I'm going to put Mercedes McLaren's pit walls this weekend. If I had to pick one, I would say Mercedes. Because at least they left Piastri out. And that was least worse than pitting on lap four and five. So, yeah, it's just coulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda. And then Alonso's taking some more points off him, but, uh, yeah, oofed. Fair, fair enough. Um, but that'll bring us to our next segment very nicely, which is. Oh, you do, who's a good boy? I am. I'm a good boy. Uh, and if anybody noticed, I did tweak the levels for that because that last, uh, Last little clip was a little bit aggressive for me. But anyway, uh, in Jimbo Good Boys, where we put somebody, uh, give them a little bit of gas, a little bit of props for the weekend because yeah. they did a damn good job. Dan, who's getting your Good Boy Award this weekend? Uh, right. In the notes, I've put Verstappen down. Oh, he's going to mix it up. Yeah, for doing, you know, he did a great job and, and you know, did, did a good job to pass everyone and take the lead. And match Sebastian Sebastian Vettel's nine races. Vettel, Sebastian Vettel. However, nine in a row. Now we've had an hour and ten minutes somehow on this podcast to think about it. I think I'm going to give it to Gasly. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Gasly for my good boy for shit housing that podium. Fair enough. And then next week, what I'll probably do is give it to Verstappen when he inevitably beats the record and gets 10 wins. Mm, mm, fair enough. Um, you know what? I'm going with Lawson this weekend. Stayed out of trouble. Not particularly eventful, but he did exactly what he needed to do on his Formula One race Grand Prix debut. 
Alex Albon's another great shout for that, but I've I've given Albon a couple this season. I think Albon's got two from me so far. Uh, you haven't gassed up Albon this season, you son Have of a I bitch. Not? No, you haven't. Uh, uh, I'm saving it for when he wins in Monza. Yeah, fair enough. And we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. And that you know what, Dan? Mm. That's a hot segue. Let's talk about before we, we're a minute and we're an hour and thirty three into this podcast. And you guys listening, we we appreciate you guys. A uh, huge turnout on the live stream here as well. But let's let's start rounding this episode off and get into the Monza preview. What do we got? Uh, good news, everyone. The alternative tire allocation is making a return for Monza. Can you remind me what that is? Because I'm like there was the changes to the sprint weekend tire allocation. Uh, yeah, this is the one where you have hards in Q1, mediums oh, Q- Q2, softs in Q3. Now, like, right. we saw where well, I can't remember. Such a fraudulent podcast. I can't even remember the last time we had this. We've had this once already this season, and it caused a bit of chaos. Um, because it made people run out of softs and things like that for the actual race. Lando was one of the victims of that. Yeah, and Chat, then they, help they, me they, out. I can't remember what it race was. It was it was Baku, wasn't it? Uh, maybe I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was, was. I think it was. It was Baku where it was like one of the. F- oh, hungry, hungry, hungry something. Sorry, Fuck yeah. knows, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Baku was listening. a sprint. Baku was a sprint weekend, but like the, some of these changes are a little bit weird, and I'm like not interested in them, so I don't pay attention to them. <laughs> but he was out of softs and hungry. Yeah. So yeah, we got the alternative tire allocation is back, but more importantly, we're going to find out if the Monza curse gets broken. Can you elaborate? Yeah, last year's, this has happened now for the last few years, the previous year's winner has DNF'd in the race. Ooh, who won last year? Max Verstappen won last year. This could be, (laughs) we're going to find out. This is is the more exciting thing that's happening. We're going to find out if the curse is real. So we could be coming up for a Max Verstappen DNF in Monza. Imagine, can you imagine if that would be on the F1's wackiest rumors? Yeah, that's, that's not going on fraud files. <laughs> yeah. We haven't had one of those. We'll have to bring a fraud file segment back in at some point. And uh, if you're if you're in um, if you're in the chat right now, or if you're watching this, or you're on Twitter, or on the YouTube comment section, what's your uh, most recent Formula One conspiracy theory that you'd like us to uh, debunk? And next time we do a fraud files, or but fuel. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or fuel. Yeah, we'll we'll just pour some kerosene on it, but. Speaking of kerosene, who's going to be hot this weekend? Is Alex Albon going to podium in that slippery son of a bitch in the Williams? Who knows? You know, Williams have gone well at Monza in the past, so that is one team to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, But speaking of teams to keep an eye on, why don't we do the random fandom as my son absolutely has a breakdown in the background. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right, so roll for me first this weekend. We're going to pick our teams. We're going to do our report card on this weekend. Uh, but I think realistically, uh, slippy cars that we like are uh, Red Bull can can go well. I wonder if, if McLaren is going to bring a low downforce rear wing because they didn't really have one in spot. Everybody's like, ah, oh, I was in the same boat. I was like, oh, wet setup, wet setup. But it was like, no, they just don't have any less drag. <laughs> uh, congratulations, you got Alfa Romeo. Oh, Jesus Christ. Honestly, I didn't want to do next week. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna give a report card next week on Alfa Romeo. Dan, who are you doing? Uh, oh, I did not make this up. This has not been rigged. I've got Ferrari. Mm. 
Sure. Ferrari and Monza. Sure. I sure. am becoming an honorary member of the Tifosi. Okay. I got called out <laughs> for that the other day by saying Go the, on. the Tifosi. Apparently the is already implied in Tifosi. You just say I'm Tifosi. Apparently you don't say I'm the Tifosi or whatever. Yeah, oh my God. Elliot, Elliot is not happy about this revelation. He's like, you son of a... These articles, we need the articles. But yeah. Yeah, um, so there you go. So, so that's, that's this week's episode. Um, I will possibly be live uh, on Sunday for a race watch along on Break F1 on YouTube. Uh, the Engine Breaking Podcast will be back next Monday or Tuesday. We will let you guys know. And what we will try to do is keep an eye either on the engine breaking discord or if you're in my discord or on the stream segment on youtube i will push those live and we will uh we will see you guys soon so make sure support your local butchers i'm gonna have fun and drink a lot of bavarian beers this weekend and uh yeah yeah thanks for being here thanks for a year here's to the next year uh maybe eventually we'll get our shit together press the right buttons and get our stats correct but probably not so until then fuck off (laughs) 